I guess maybe I was trying to put the pieces together of um, the story and what's going on, and maybe I was trying to make it work for me. But yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> it's like I gotta try to find. That's what artists mind. do, you know. Yeah. We gotta read into it. Exactly, read into everything. <laughs> Netflix Roulette. I'm your host, Cade Hughesby, and this is the show where every week me and a guest will randomly choose something off Netflix, watch it, and review it for you. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, someone I've wanted to get on the show for a while. I'm so glad you are finally here. Please welcome Ayana Taylor. Hey. I'm good. How are you doing, Cade? Good. Uh, you know, enjoying the long weekend. Of course. Labor Day weekend. It's nice to have a three-day weekend, huh? <laughs> Watching lots of Netflix. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I've been like binge watching uh, The Walking Dead. I'm, I'm so behind. So I'm ooh, catching up on all The Walking ooh. Dead. <laughs> people still watch that show. That's right. I watch that show too. And people are surprised that, uh, you know, I still watch it. But I, I got hooked. So, you know, let me let me have my show in peace, okay? Peace, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming, based off what you're saying, there's a lot of negativity around The Walking Dead. Like I said, I'm I'm a newbie. I just randomly decided to hop on it, so it's 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 been bad reviewed. <laughs> well, people loved it up until like the fifth season, and then a lot of fans jumped off. I don't know, you know, a lot of people just lost interest. But I'm still going strong. You know, I'll be there till season thirty. <laughs> season 30 I was like, oh, okay uh, but no don't spoil anything for me I'm on season four right now so yeah yeah I don't okay. know what happened you got I have to see if I can make it past the season five marker as well so you know what it takes a a special person to you know stick with it that's like that's who we are you know we stick with our our TV show commitments gotcha gotcha um, so for people who don't know you how would you sort of describe yourself how would I describe myself? Oh, that can go in so many different ways. Um, well, starting off, um, again, my name is Igana Taylor. Uh, I definitely would describe myself as very down to earth, very, um, I don't know, just very homey, very, very chill. Um, I, I would say that, you know, I'm an actor. I'm out here in Los Angeles pursuing an acting career. Um, and then just kind of, I don't know, just as you get to know me, you'll understand I'm a very goofy person. Like I'm just, I'm straight up silly. And so it's a, it's a type of a type of people that you got to be around who accept it instead of like judge you. So yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to describe me for sure. That's a great description. Um, we originally met on the set of Robert and I's uh, independent short film Timestamp, which is coming out very soon. Uh, it's been in post-production for over a year. We've been like really getting everything right. The music, the visual effects are outstanding. So, uh, you know, and they really, uh, I think, match the high quality of your performance that you gave. Um, because I honest actually started as the main character in Timestamp, Jackie, yes, Jackie uh, older Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Um, and um, I would love to get to know a little bit more about your acting process and sort of how you first got into acting, because I know you moved from Minnesota, right, to Los Angeles. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and sort of jumping into acting and sort of how you, how you did that? 
Absolutely. Well, in a nutshell, um, I'm originally from Texas. So I spent my whole life growing up in Texas, but it wasn't until I, when I was in Minnesota that I started my acting journey. And I, I have to say, once I graduated from college, I got a sales job that um, catapulted me up to the North, to Minnesota to do my sales wow. career. So that's kind of where I even got, ended up in Minnesota in the first place. And I just, it's, it was kind of one of those things where you graduate from college and you hit all these like check boxes and you're like, okay, I did this, you know, I made my, made my family proud. I got the degree, I got the job. And it was, it got to a point where I was like, okay, I made all these achievements. Now I want to do something that I really want to do that I enjoy that brings me, you know, value. And so I fell into acting and little did I know it just kind of, it just, it just took me away. It just took my whole, like, I don't know, it just took all the passion that I had and just, I just started committing so intently to it. Um, so I started, like I said, in Minnesota. I was doing a lot of commercial work up there. Uh, so I was doing commercials for Target and um, Best Buy and Totino's Pizza Rolls. You'll see me. I did like a, I did like Totino. a back <laughs> Say it again. I love Totino's Pizza Rolls. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing some backflips on the Totino's Pizza Roll commercial. <laughs> so that's kind of where I started just like diving in into, you know, acting. Right. Um, but it wasn't until I took a really intense like Meisner class that I realized, okay, like I want to do TV. I want to do film. I want to take this to the next level. And okay. so I built up my resume, got enough experience that I felt adequate enough to move to Los Angeles. And just finally, you know, take took the dive. So September of 2018. So coming up on two years at the end of this month, I've been in Los Angeles for two years, and it it started in Minnesota. I'm so grateful for the the market, the people, my agents. They were just so kind and nurturing as I was learning about the industry, and you know, really gave me the assurance that I could do this and and do full time, commit to this. So yeah. Yeah, you're com I was watching a little bit of your com I watched your entire commercial reel and it's uh it's a really great reel, you know, like I I think that like uh your commercial stuff is really great. Your comedy reel is so funny. Um Yeah, so um how do you um how do you sort of go about the audition process cuz I know you're super organized and sort of really sort of approach it with a a cool mindset. Can you tell us a little bit about the audition process? Audition yeah. Process? Well, just right off the bat, every time I get a new script, it's just kind of like a clean slate, you know, clean slate where I'm just kind of removing all of my, you know, personal attachments to it, just kind of reading it fresh, um, just understanding who this person is, who this character is, because it's a whole nother, that's one thing we tend to forget, like this person that's been created had a whole life before, you know, before this moment, this moment that I'm, you know, auditioning for. And so just kind of stripping back all of my personal, you know, attachments to it and just seeing like, who is this person? So like, who is Jackie? You know, what is her struggles? You know, what am I getting from this two page audition, you know, this side? Um, so once I do that, I can kind of just strip down and kind of pick up little details of who this character is, then I'll start based off, you know, my own personal choices and life experiences, I'll say I can relate to that in some degree because I went through this. And even though it's not the same exact situation, it's something that helps me relate to some degree to it. Um, right. and, and then once I kind of have that personal touch to it, um, I'll start to, you know, memorize it, memorizing it just straight, just straight. Don't even try to like put emotion or intent in it because that when you start putting your own emotion on it at the very beginning, it starts becoming like 
stuck in that same way. You'll say it that way every single right. time. And so you want to make sure that you're in the moment. So however it's being read to you or you're doing the scene, it's fresh. It's like you're hearing the word for the very first time. Um, so that, that's kind of my process, you know, just understanding the character, uh, getting those lines memorized, because I feel like it's it's a muscle that just has to continually be sharp. Yeah, let me you tell know? you, I think that uh, I think that memorization is something that a lot of actors uh, struggle with, you know, because it's sort of like this thing where it's it's almost like as crucial as just showing up, you know, like it's it's the bare basic sort of work, and I feel like. Um, you know, that's so important. I, I struggle with me whenever I'm acting, I, the memorization is terrible. In fact, fun fact, in my high school senior year play, uh, I was the main character on stage and in the middle of the one of the scenes, I just completely blanked. Oh and no! <laughs> it's uh, you know, luckily I had like really great cast members around to like I save it. Pick up the ball a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like come on, man! Like uh, that's all you got to do is memorize these lines and and work on it a little bit. But I, I, it's funny you say that because it sounds to me. I mean, there could be several reasons why your lines may have left you, but I know one of the main reasons I lose my lines is. When I'm so emotionally engaged and attached in the moment yes. it's just like you're just so full of all of this emotion or working off whoever you're working with and it's just like the lines are the first thing to go because you're just so invested yeah that's like why as a director um I really like I kind of think of the lines as like you know more of a road map and I, I like the actors to like really give the words some genuine emotion um, especially with stuff that I write myself, I'm not like too particular, like you have to say like the hoop instead of like that hoop, you know? So it's like, come on, give the, give the actors a little room to breathe here. I love um, that. I love that. That's, that's great. That's great. And like I said, I think you're one of those directors that we're like actors are very thankful for because there are directors who are just like, you need to be line perfect. The writer took the, so much time to get this thing right. So you need to get <laughs> these lines right. You know, so it's just like in that sense, you know, it, it's good as actors to try to be line perfect and to be word on, you know, that way when we do have a comfortable, more chill director as yourself, I'm just like, Whoa, okay, I don't have, the pressure's not on, but we want to be ready for those directors who are like, uh-uh, no, mm -mm, do it again, do it again, nope, you that line, <laughs> we didn't say A that time, <laughs> you know, so like, oh, you gotta be ready for those, you know. Yeah, totally, and who are, who are some actors that you've grown up looking up to or whose careers you admire? Yeah, um, well, just grow, I mean, just, I've, I've always loved Viola Davis, like, I saw her on How to Get Away from Murder, and I just, her work, just following her, just been so phenomenal, um, I, I'm so, I just love uh, Shonda Rhimes, just, like, the, the community that she creates of just diverse cast and actors, um, I, I, I've watched Carrie Washington on Scandal, like, I can't, I can't remember how many seasons I've watched, but just watching her, and just watching how powerful she was, uh, or she is just as an actor as a performer those are two people that really stick out to me it's just like those are my idols those are people i definitely like strong role models black women who are just una you know unashamed and just so confident in the work that they do and they put forth so those are definitely some beautiful inspirations to follow for sure yeah they're they're really you know some of the best in the game right now um so i think that uh I would just like to ask a little bit about Timestamp um, because we're going to be doing some promotional things. Um, and I think that it would be cool to, you know, have 
the people, some people who might have even contributed on Indiegogo might be listening to this. And if you are, thank you again. Um, I'm interested to hear from your perspective sort of how the, the shooting of Timestamp was and what your character, uh, Jackie, um, how you sort of developed that character and like as an actor, your relationship with her. Yeah, I honestly felt like Jackie, she's, she and herself, like I just felt like her, de her determination, her drive to pursue. And like I said, I, I want to make sure we do the, the movie justice, but it's just like her determination, her, her willpower to correct the wrong in her mind of what happened. Um, I think it's just so beautiful. And I think it's a testament to life and how when we have struggles or if we have mistakes or failures, um, we, we, you know, it's, it's a great way. It's a great lesson to either accept or do whatever you can to push forward and persevere. Um, and I think for, for Jackie, I, I love Jackie personally because she's, she's one of those women that like, like Viola Davis, like Carrie Washington, that I strive to be like, because she, she's smart, she's intelligent, she, she knows what she wants, and she's willing to risk everything for it. And when you have all of those characteristics, you know, bundled together, and you know, you have that common goal, it just, it, it makes you something, it makes you something you want to aspire to be. And so um, the, the process for me was wasn't too difficult because I feel like me and Jackie are kind of one in the same. Um, we, I, I, it's, she's, she's really interesting because she knows what she wants. And I think that's a lot of, there's a, I think when it comes to life, a lot of people are still kind of figuring out what's best for them or where they need to be in, in, in terms of their life and their experiences. But she had one task, she had one goal and she knew what she needed to do. And I just think it's beautiful just being able to travel that road with her and see all the ups and downs that she had to endure. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm so thankful for everyone who contributed, um, you know, financially, you know, support wise. It's just, it's gonna be a wonderful um, project for you guys to see because it, it was a lot of hard sweat, tears and effort that was put into this project, but a lot of love and a lot of um, just bonding for sure that went into it as well. Yeah, you worked closely with Ken Knapsack, um, who I, I think that you guys had have some really great on-screen um, chemistry, sort of in the in like the the crime partner sort of way. Um, yeah, so um, and I and I, I just want to thank you again for doing such a fantastic job, uh, performance-wise. Uh, I think people are going to be really blown away. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for timestamp stuff coming up. Um, and for now, let's jump into Netflix Roulette. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Netflix uh, splits up their genres, as in like movies starring Alec Baldwin or sci-fi dramas into sort of random four-digit, three-digit numbers. Um, and you can access them online um, by typing in um, the numbers uh, in, the, in the browser bar. So. This is how the game works. Ayana is going to give me her random or specific numbers, and we'll just keep going until we uh, eventually land on a genre and a movie, and then we will come back and let you guys know how it is. So I'm going to share my screen with Ayana right now, and we can go ahead and get your first uh, numbers, please. Okay, okay, so, and it's uh, two, uh, three to four, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go, the first two numbers are going to be like, my favorite numbers are four and one. I just always have loved those numbers. So it's going to be four and one. 
and right. then um, I'm gonna say my the, my birthday. So it's gonna be two zero. So four one two zero May twentieth. All right, let's see four one two zero. No matching titles for oh, that one. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay, I didn't I didn't bring any backups. Um, <laughs> okay. <Let's> do, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was gonna work. Um, let's do four one four. We can one. try to four one four one. Okay. Nothing again. Ah, oh, man. What were you about to say? <laughs> I was gonna say we could try to like rearrange your numbers if you want. Like Ooh. you have four one two zero. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So we could try something like one two four zero. Yeah. And see what happens. Uh oh. Nothing again. Bonk. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, this Netflix does not like me. Um. <laughs> um six six Let's six it's so dark dun, dun. six 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 <laughs> <laughs> some scary movies maybe oh dark british independent Ooh. movie okay so today we'll be watching monsters dark continent um Let's see, get some more info on this. So it came out in 2014. It says an American platoon stationed in the Middle East is thrust into battle with a breed of tentacled aliens whose rapid speed threatens human survival. Oh man, okay. When I, when I gave you those numbers, I didn't know it was gonna be this, it was gonna be dark. <laughs> it said dark, dark. We're going weird dark. Weird dark. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so we will be right back uh, to give you our review of Monsters Dark Continent. All right, see you in a second. Monsters around, but they ain't scaring me. In the land of sand where they only speak Arabic. Far from home, I know they be missing me. No! My girl on the phone, dreaming and kissing me. Out here with Sergeant Forrest, but he ain't no gun. Got the rifle in the hand, making all your mamas jump. From the D, man, you know. Hoes and thugs. Lay it down like a king. Catching giant sandbars. So we just got back from watching Monsters Dark Continent. Ayana, first thoughts, first impressions. Yeah, um, well, uh, it was definitely like a build-up, I guess you would say. Definitely like it had to set the whole life and story of this new realm. Um, I will say, uh, <laughs> right off the bat, I just gotta say this. Brother man had to go down first, you know, I just had to, had to throw that in there. Right. <laughs> like, like, of all people, why, why? So, um, <laughs> just to throw that out there, but then also, I don't know, I felt like um, it was really dark in terms of just the characters and, and like the story they were telling. I felt like there was a lot of turmoil within um, with each character and like the choices that they had to make. And so I thought that was uh, just interesting how each character um they were able to kind of 
come to their own conclusion on what they think is best. And I, and I think they alluded to it at the very beginning, like there's no right answer, whatever choice you decide to do when embarking on this journey. Um, and so you can see that play out and how two characters can be completely in to totally two different realms in terms of the decision. But it's, you know, it's, it's never hard to, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe it because it's just like one person think this is the best thing, but the other person's like, no, this is the <laughs> wrongest, like most unethical thing you could possibly do. So it was cool seeing that, you know, that dilemma and how they butted heads for sure. So yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was interesting for sure. It was interesting for sure. what do you think? I just think it's so funny that this was in the 666 uh, genre number because I feel like this is the movie from hell, uh, you know, with the monsters and the war. I feel like, um, you know, similar to you, I felt like the two hours was sort of aimless. Uh, it didn't, you know, I feel like this movie was really like every war movie, uh, you know. Um, not to be too harsh, but I feel like it was very stereotypical cliche of like war movies and I don't think they used the monster aspect of it nearly enough. Oh, I felt like that was kind of left to the side. It was kind of yeah. a, like a background versus center focus. I agree. And I was thinking like, I, I feel like reading into it, it's sort of, if that, you know, that was obviously intentional, but I think that it's sort of was trying to say like, you know, humans are also monsters. Look at how we destroy each other with war. Cause it was like in Iraq, Afghanistan, like they were fighting, you know, you think that when there's an alien monster invasion, that's the time when the, all the countries come together and stop fighting over oil and all. But like all of that was still happening while there were just monsters walking around in the background. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think yeah, when they first set it up, it was like, okay, we're here to take down these monsters. But by the way, we also have these insurgents, people who don't like us being here. So it was like a battle within a battle. It's just like, I felt like the real battle was the insurgents, you know, the people who yeah. are trying to take them, take the Americans down from doing their full mission. So yeah, yeah, the, the monsters definitely were more of a majestic, like, um, I don't know, it, it seemed like, of course, they were the target where they were trying to destroy them, but it almost felt like just watching it throughout, like the monsters weren't the problem. They were very, yeah. like, they were very like animalistic in terms of just like graceful and you see them like just galloping in the sand. It's just like, oh, these things are harmful. Why are you trying to murder them? Like, what are yeah, they doing? Yeah, I really, like I vibed with the monsters more than any of the people, so. Right. <laughs> Uh, I agree. I like that. Yeah, I felt like I struggled to latch on to one, like, one main character. I feel like they sort of set up the movie with, like, everyone sort of being, like, a group, like, main character. But then they were, like, also trying to push, like, this one, like, younger soldier as, like, the main character. And then they'd switch into the mindset of, like, the sergeant. And so, like, that was, I think, my biggest, like, problem aside from it being cliche was, like, the fact that I felt like there was no like, you know, like main person that we're supposed to be on this journey with, if that makes sense. I mean, it felt like, you know, the way they set it up, it was like that the young character, I think it was Parks. I think Parks was his name. Yeah. He was going to be the guy that like we followed and we technically did follow him throughout, but it just, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's just, I feel like it didn't provide any like distinction of, okay, why are we following him? Why are we following this character? Because they all came from Detroit. They were all you know, in this like group family environment. And I, and I did like the camaraderie, camaraderie, you know, like I'd feel like yeah. 
when it comes to that relationship. I feel like when it comes to military and like depending on each other, that's that's a given. Like you have to depend on each other in terms of family to get through it together. Um, so I, of course I liked that, but like you said, it did feel kind of like the same old, same old. We got to have this unity, this this. Um, I don't know, this brotherly love, you know, to get through this situation. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you though. Yeah, it was kind of lacking in that degree. Yeah, I was like, I feel like, did I accidentally turn on American Sniper or like any other war movie? Cause it's just like every other war movie. In my opinion. Right, right. The fact that they, you know, I, I don't know how much we should tell. I don't know if people are gonna watch it or not, but it's just like- Oh, go ahead and spoil whatever, yeah. <laughs> well, just it just felt like, like you said, the cliche part of it, like, okay, they're getting abducted and now it's like this whole like trying to ex you know escape and survive and and get through to where we can get back to safe ground again it just it felt like that was kind of done again and again and again for sure for sure yeah i i think that um i also okay like aside from the big like main character problem that i had with it i also struggled to like find any of the the guys likable if that makes sense like I wasn't I didn't find myself like necessarily rooting for anyone uh but you know the the visual effects were good so the visual effects were really great I think cinematically this movie you know did a good job um like the I think the the shots were really pretty um like all the technical stuff was like top notch for sure <laughs> Yeah, no, there was there was a lot of moments that I actually just kind of jotted down because I was like, wow, that was really, really, really unique shot. I mean, of course, I, I love like any type of like mirror-esque type of shots. So them like driving on the bikes together in the desert where it just looks like they were kind of like driving on glass or like a mirror-esque, you know, type of shot. I don't know. I thought that was really beautiful. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the monsters in the shot where, um, you know, uh, after they they get rescued and they're eating dinner. It's just like the, all the colors of the monster was like purple and orange and blue. And I don't know, yeah. it was kind of like, it was like melting into the skyline and you know, the night star, you know, the night, it was just so really elegantly shot. I really loved that. Um, and then, I don't know, I also liked, um, the little the little baby monster like the little yeah kid. <laughs> I wrote that down I was like baby monster is so cute yeah, like, it, was so adorable. <laughs> it was so cute and it's just just innocent and it, it kind of just I don't know it it kind of like I don't know it kind of bridged the gap of like we're all to some to some degree very innocent and it's just yeah. like you have to start somewhere and I don't know I guess maybe I was trying to put the pieces together of um the story and what's going on and maybe I was trying to make it work for me but yeah me too like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I gotta try to find that's what artists mind. do you know yeah. we gotta read into it exactly read into everything so it just felt like the little baby was like this version of innocence of all of us and um I feel like Parks that character uh the main character he like had this level of innocence with him throughout. And so he was trying to save the little boy's life. Right. And even when the, the sergeant wanted to murder him, he's like, no, no, we can't kill him. We, we have to do what's right. You know, what's pure, what's innocent in the situation. It's a little kid. Um, and yeah, it just kind of, I felt that, I felt the, just like the theme of innocence throughout. And like, we're all, we're all trying to survive. We're all trying to get through, you know, the struggles, the monsters, the, you know the the team like everybody was just trying to get through it and i don't know it just felt like there was a sense of innocence throughout parks 
journey where he was just like, no, we're not going to do this. And, you know, in the very end where he ends up shooting the sergeant because it's yeah. like, dude, like he just straight up, you know, executed this stranger, this guy who just, he had nothing to do necessarily with his platoon right. being murdered, but he was just like, give me an answer. And he just, he was kind of erratic, you know, the sergeant. And, and so Park's just kind of doing what's best for everyone in that house and yeah. you know doing what's best for ultimately him how do i know he was going to turn on him you know right yeah it's almost like this uh they're almost trying to like explore this theme of like being a soldier because i feel like uh you know soldiers are very expected to follow orders not really think on think for themselves you know and i think that what this movie with the monsters and you know all the innocence and Park's journey, I think that, you know, they're trying to say, like, threats are very subjective, and threats are, you know, we see this monster and we assume it's a threat, but it's really not. And then we see the the general, or like the guy above Park's kind of go mad, and then he's the threat, you know? So it's like, I feel like by the end of the movie, Park's has honestly lost, like, most of his innocence. Um, but he's still like able to operate like from that place of like understanding like what a threat is, you know, maintaining peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And then just to have a sergeant, I just noticed it throughout the movie. He was telling the telling the, you know, the privates there. He was like, just you listen to me and you do exactly what I tell you to do. You listen to me and you do exactly. I don't like I don't know if that's distinctual. Um, they all got killed. Exactly. <laughs> oh. exactly. That was the point I was going to make. It was just like he's over here thinking he's doing what's best for the team. And like, yeah, he's been I think it said he'd been on been serving for like 17 years versus you know this was his first time around but he was just like of course you would think the one with the most experience would know what to do but it was just in this scenario was, I just felt him always saying that listen to me you know do exactly what I say but it's always been something that kind of takes them deeper into this trouble of like okay this yeah. is not what we need to be doing man it's just it, you're hurting us to some degree so yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. You you would think that's, I don't know, kind of like a commonality with like, oh, you know, just because you've done it longer, you, you have more wisdom. But in this scenario, I think having a fresh, you know, fresh, open, new perspective, like someone coming in that's new, that kind of just sees everything and tries to assess it, maybe they're more qualified in that moment because they haven't yeah. boggled down with all the pre-existing, like all the experience. The PTSD yeah yeah and even at the end like uh the ge the general guy uh becomes totally disillusioned with himself and he's like why am i even here like you know like what what am i even doing here and that turns him dark you know and that's like very interesting but i'm curious because you're an actress uh what did you think about the performances uh in this movie and um who kind of stood out for you well, kind of like I was saying at the very beginning, um, I I loved the the struggles that they were, um, the inner conflict that they were having, like Park specifically, like I felt like there were times where, um, how do I explain it, where it was like, it was, I think it was like right at the very beginning when they started that route, where they were trying to go save those other four guys, 
and you know they get bombed and then everything starts falling apart and then they he loses his really best friend i think his name was um what was his name uh sean i think his name was shawnee they called him sean and uh just kind of seeing that reality of his world shattering i feel like that was i felt that was a beautiful moment of just ex not accepting it but accepting that your best friend has just passed away i think that was the way he took it in, it's just like, I felt that. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, it's just like when you, you know that that pain of that loss. Um, I just felt the way he kind of let that sink in. I thought that was really uh, unique. Um, I only think of someone else. Um, even the even the general, like I felt like, I'm calling general, general surgeon, whatever his name is. I think it was Freighter, Freighter was his name. Um, oh, yeah. I think I just this him throughout, just kind of him losing himself. I thought that was, uh, I thought the way he performed that was, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of where those things where you're like, I see where he's going and I, and I see the, the strong choices he's making. And I don't know if that was a director's choice or more so, you know, a, a care, an actor's character choice. Um, but it, it just felt like as he was performing, you could kind of see him losing himself a little bit and, Sure. I mean, maybe that had something to do with the writing too of him like okay like why am I doing this I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore and and even his justification of like uh what did he say he said when Parks asked him why why are you why don't you just go home and be with your family why don't you just go live your life you know right. cold beer and he was just like I do this to protect her and it was just like are you really trying to protect her or is this kind of like this is your norm. This is your reality and how you, yeah, this is your comfort zone. Exactly. It's just like, are you even, are you even afraid to, are you afraid to t take on that challenge of actually being the father that your daughter needs to be? And, um, not only that kind of repair the damage that she's seen already of like, I don't see you as my father anymore. You're like someone I don't even know anymore. So yeah, like, and he said like she's scared of me. Exactly. He was like, it's it, to him, it was like maybe it's safer for me to be out here than to do the hard part of actually being being there for my daughter. So I I, I really I really loved that moment where it seemed like he was like like he was torn between of like I wanna I wanna be there for my family, but then again he's like I don't. I don't even know who it would be to him. Like I thought that was a really beautiful moment and a beautiful choice. The ways he went with that. Um, overall, I really liked. I really liked the playful dynamic of the brotherhood. Like I felt like. I felt like that was genuine. I felt like they were very connected in that. Um, yeah, and the the two actors we're talking about are Johnny Harris as the general and Joe Dempsey as um, as. Oh. Uh, Frank McGuire uh, was the name of was the actual name of Parks. Parks was another character uh, played by Sam Keeley. Uh, so what I'm curious, what would you give this out of 100 percent on Ayana's tomatoes? <laughs> Ayana's tomatoes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. How, how would you even rate this? Is, is it like you just have to feel it out, you know, like. <laughs> It's 100%, out of 100 like, 100%, the best. like I would watch this again and again and I would like share this with all my friends and then like zero's like I would never see this ever again and like uh -huh, yeah exactly <laughs> okay that being said I probably would give it a I'd probably give it a solid 27 <laughs> 27 yeah yeah it just it just felt like it's this isn't something like as much as the turmoil and the struggle 
with the, with the characters. I felt like that was deep and that was genuine, but it's just like, like you said, the storyline and the monsters and like, I just didn't feel like it really moved me in a certain way. Like there, like I said, there was moments where I was just like, ooh, like that was intense, but yeah, yeah overall, I just, I felt like it was a little lacking, but. I'd have to give it a very similar, very low, um, sort of around like a 25, 24%, something like that. Yeah. There's beats. There's beats. <laughs> but, you know, they're kind of unoriginal. So let's go ahead and see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about the film. <laughs> and um, by the disclaimer, I am not a critic. I do not do this as a, for a living. I'm just, <laughs> just an actor. So Rotten Tomatoes is giving it a 17% tomato meters rating. Um, and the audience score is 1% lower at 16%. So we actually helped them out a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, let's read some reviews here. There are some inventive moments along the way, but these are interspersed with lots of posturing, yelling, and brawling. Uh, somebody just said one to miss. So, you know, people didn't seem to really vibe with it, uh, you know, I think a lot of the similar problems we had with it, I think a lot of people probably had with it. And like you said before, Kate, I really wish that they had done more with the monster realm, the monster world. Like, mm -hmm. there was so much that could have been done with it instead of them just running away from it. Like, oh, we're fearful. We need to take it down. We need to kill it. Like, I mean, if you're going to set up this world, monsters, dark continent, like monsters is in the word, you know, it's in the title. Like, I feel like that should have been something to really use and to, to value it instead of, I mean, and, and like I said, maybe the message was, you know, we, we are our, our worst enemy. You know, we as humans, we, we do the most damage and you just let, let animals, let foreign creatures, let them exist and be what they are and quit trying to control them, quit kind of trying to control the planet, control, you know, the way people are, or beings are supposed to live and just, you know, I don't know, maybe like I said, I don't know, yeah. I don't know the, the central message, but if that was it, that would be a beautiful one. Just like leave them alone, <laughs> you know, let them, <laughs> let them cohabitate with us. This is not our planet. It's everyone's planet. It's every being's planet. So. All right. Yeah. I think that does it for a review of Monsters yeah. Dark Continent. Uh, so where can people find you and what are you up to these days? What do you want people to check out? Yes, so you can find me on Instagram. That's kind of like my main platform where I do a lot of my acting and uh, just footage. So I'm at underscore Ayana, A-Y-A-N-A, -A -A, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, underscore. So that's my Instagram. And I think that's also my Twitter as well. And then I'm also on YouTube. YouTube is where I do a lot of my, um, I have a YouTube segment. Uh, it's called Actor Talks, where I interview different actors. And I've actually branched it up where I uh, interview directors, you know, producers, uh, production companies, where it's basically I'm interviewing them about their journey, about their experience in life. And that's real, it's been really fun and eye-opening, really learning about people's journey coming to Los Angeles and how it's been for them. And so definitely check that out, Actor Talks, on my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Ayana Taylor. And then um, I also do voiceover work. So um, I just set up an account literally in June uh, on Fiverr, where I just kind of put my services out there. If you're looking for, you know, a commercial, you're looking for um, some animated, uh, you know, some animated work. Um, what else do I do? I do, I do YouTube narrations. I've done, um, 
just kind of a little bit of everything. I've done testimonials, just different things that you're looking for. So that's been fun. That's been really fun to do just through quarantine. But yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. That's all very exciting. Uh, make sure you check those out. I'll put the links in the description for this video. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad we were able to watch this crazy movie together. Um, and thank you everyone for tuning into Netflix Roulette. I'm your host, Kate Hughesby. Uh, we will see you next time. Bye.